What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We're coming at you with another podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, everyone? So today, uh, we're first off, let's apologize for yesterday. We weren't able to get a podcast out. I think we mentioned on a previous podcast, Steve and I had the draft for our league uh, yesterday. So, uh, you know, it's a league we've been in for about five or six years, Keeper League. Um, we... You know, we're going to try to do a podcast beforehand and, you know, Steve kind of got help him try to traffic at work. And, you know, I kind of had some issues with, you know, my time situation and it just didn't work out. So, you know, and unfortunately our draft was about five hours long and we didn't get done until like <laughs> 1130 at night. So uh, at that point we decided, yeah, let's scratch tonight's podcast and we'll just do two for the rest of the week. We'll do on Thursday, Friday. So, like I said, we apologize but we are back. Um, so let's get into some news items from the last couple days before uh, we get into our sleepers, which we told you the other day we we're going to get into. So Mike Williams, uh, Coach Brandon Staley said he hopes to get Mike Williams back on the field next week. Williams has been doing some individual work. He's dealing with a hip flexor. Um, the So... There was a few, a lot of guys that got put on the COVID list today. You got Quentin Nelson and Eric Fitcher from the Colts. You had seven guys, including Ryan Tannehill on the Titans. This is like an issue because, you know, if you have a player that is on a team that has to forfeit, your player then would be getting a zero, I would expect. So let's say in this the Colts, they got two players and there's a breakout in Colts locker room and they have to forfeit a game. If you own Jonathan Taylor, he gets a zero for that game. So you would then have to replace your number, your second, you know, RB one or two with, you know, a backup player on your team, say that you're getting in the sixth or seventh round that is obviously not going to be able to compete in the early part of the season with some of these other teams. That's a problem. <laughs> that is a real problem. Yeah, yeah, so problem. these, these COVID, you know, Brian Tannehill is like, there's guys that have Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. Like if he ain't able to play, that's a problem. If you drafted Ryan Tannehill as your only quarterback, like these are just some things you have to keep your eyes open for. It sucks. Hopefully COVID's fucking gone soon, but it's not. And until it is, this may be something we deal with going forward because it doesn't seem to be, you know, evaporating as quickly as we would like. Mm, yeah, that is definitely an issue. Um, check it out, guys. At this point, like, there is no database or no information that we can go look up to see which guys are vaccinated or which guys are not vaccinated because the NFL isn't putting that out. So, You're not allowed to HIPAA yeah. laws. Yep. Yeah, it's HIPAA violations. I mean, exactly. They won't. They won't do that. They'll tell exactly. you what percentage of their team is vaccinated. Yes. But to say like who it is, it, they can't do that. It's it's breaking an individual's medical information you know, rights. Medical information rights. Yeah. So you know because of that, you know what I mean. You're basically put in a situation where. You don't know if the guy's vaccinated or not. And the way we're going to start finding that out is if, 
you know, guys get sick with COVID and either they get suspended or they, you know, they get, they, you know, they missed whatever it is or miss two weeks. I'm like, that's how you're way. You're like, you're going to know if a guy misses two weeks, if he was vaccinated or not, because I, well, I guess not, you know, cause obviously people who are vaccinated are still catching COVID, but I don't know. It's just, this whole thing is just a weird situation, man. And it sucks, but like I said, it's just something you got to deal with. You know, you don't know who's vaccinated. You know, people who are vaccinated have less restrictions. And so who's to say a vaccinated player can't go into a club one night and then he gets out of the club, caught COVID, and he ain't sick, but he tested positive for COVID. And he can't get other members of the team sick, so he's got to stay away for two weeks. And now you lost somebody that, even though they were vaccinated, you know, was still running loose, went into a club and got sick. So you just... This stuff's crazy, you know, hopefully it, hopefully at some point we get past all of it for real. Um, Cortland Sutton said he will, he hopes to see some snaps on Saturday in the final preseason games for the Broncos. That is the expectation for their team. So that'll be good to see what Cortland Sutton looks like when he gets on the field. Um, Aaron Jones said he has been, he will be entering the season healthy after battling a hamstring injury all camp. Uh, he has been taking part in all parts of practice this week, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis back at practice. That's good for him in the Falcon situation. Um, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds had some minor, minor injuries. They were both held out of practice. Um, will Fuller and Devontae Parker both practiced today. Uh, still not known whether they'll play in the final preseason game, but definitely good to have both of those guys back. Um, you know, like I said, I, I am, I've talked about two of the other day as a potential breakout guy. Like he, he's going to need Will Fuller and Devonte Parker for that to happen. Yes, sir. Saquon Barkley in that red non-contact Jersey takes, takes the field in Foxborough for their, uh, team, you know, their team practice, joint practices with the Patriots. He will participate in seven on seven drills for the first time this summer. That is great news for any Saquon Barkley owner, including myself, because I just drafted him last night. Um, you know, you definitely want to see Saquon out there. It may be a, sl- a slow start to the season. There might be a little bit of Devontae Booker mixed in early, but you'll start to see Saquon as he gets healthier and healthier. Uh, you know, basically man that backfield by himself. Yep. Uh, Bill Belichick said that Cam Newton returned to practice today. Um, anybody else? Ron Rivera said he's pretty optimistic. Curtis Samuel and William Jackson will practice sometime next week. I don't know how good that is. I mean, with the <laughs> you're like a, at that point, you're basically going to be a week away from the season. Um. Dak Prescott did some throwing in seven on seven. I believe this was yesterday, Wednesday. So that's good for him. Obviously, he's probably still dealing with the shoulder, but the fact that he's throwing competitively for the first time since training camp started is definitely a good sign. Um, Joe Burrow will play a limited number of snaps. That's good for him. We definitely want to see him on the field uh, before the regular season as a guy who, you know, um, what's it called uh tore his acl at the end of last year so coming back from uh you know coming back from that injury and teddy bridgewater was named the starting quarterback over in uh drew lock which is kind of surprising like i think everybody expected them to go with drew lock 
as long as Drew Locke played pretty okay. And he was very good in the first game. I thought that almost sealed that Drew Locke was going to be the starter. And they just said, nah, we're going to go with Teddy. So I think this is better for the Denver Broncos as a team to go with Teddy. Um, but fantasy-wise, like I think you wanted Drew Locke to take that next step because he's a little bit more of a, of a gunslinging type and probably would – Probably would have benefited Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, those guys more. But I like Judy more with with Bridgewater. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, you know you have Teddy as the starting quarterback for, you know. And there's a lot of relevant players on that Denver Broncos team, you know, with Gordon and Williams in the backfield and Noah Fan at tight end. Like, they got some, you know, they got some very fantasy relevant players on that team. Yep. So that is it for any news. Anything you want to touch on that I missed out on, Steve, that you know of? Mm, nothing I can think of. Nothing that we haven't already hit on this week. Cool. So let's uh, jump right into these sleepers. And this is probably going to be a pretty quick uh, podcast, but let's just get right into the sleepers. I'm just going to start it off. I know because we talked about it before, just before we hopped on. Um, I'm going to announce the quarterbacks that I have because I do have four quarterbacks. I just wanted to lump them all together because they're all, to me, you know, quarterbacks are all sleepers in this range. <laughs> if And it just depends on how good you think they're going to be. I talked about Tua the other day. He's going to be a sleeper as well. He's, you know, I think he's being drafted in like the 13th round. You have Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Both of those guys are going in the 11th. And Big Ben Roethlisberger, uh, to me, is a potential sleeper and he is going in the 13th with the first pick. I think all four of those guys have the potential to finish as top 10 quarterbacks in points per game, you know, uh, with fields and Lance, you know, when they get in there, I think that, you know, their running ability, their rushing ability is going to give them an opportunity to, you know, kind of do what Jalen hurts was doing at the end of last season where, you know, he may rush for, they might rush for 60, 70 yards. And when you rush, you, we talked about this with Lamar two years ago. When you rush for 70 yards, that is the equivalent of a quarterback throwing for 175 yards. And this is something that these guys are probably could do fairly often. You know, Fields, you know, we've saw, we saw Fields, you know, running for his life the other day in that preseason game. I think my man had like, 60 something maybe 40 something 30 something I, I forget what it was but he was definitely taking off and running in that preseason game the other day um you know a lot of people didn't expect much of that because he really didn't have to do that at ohio state but you know given that opportunity you know like i said six 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 sixty yards rushing is equivalent of 150 yards passing so if you throw for 200 yards and rush for 60 that's like throwing for 350 you know, think about it like that. Um, same thing with Lance, you know, same Lance and fields to me, they're, you know, their, their ceiling is, is basically contingent on the same things. Um, they're both, you know, both mobile, both going to be able to move up the field with their legs. Um, and you know, if anything, Lance has a little bit, of, a little bit of a better arm, I feel like strength wise. And I think he, um, has better weapons around him, but I think fields has the best weapon around him. And I think fields is also a little more accurate. So to me, I put them both. I, they're very similar to me in where they're ranked. They're probably like right next to each other. I already talked about Tua. I think Tua is 
I think Tua could have a breakout season and be huge this year. And Big Ben, I think people are way underestimating Big Ben. We're acting like this guy fell off the map. And I know the eye test would tell you that, but Big Ben was still like the number 14 quarterback last year, despite how bad he played. He's a year away from the elbow surgery. He's got a ton of weapons around him. You know, they added, you know, a running game, which is probably going to make things a little easier on him. And the running back can catch better than any running back they had last year. You know, even Fryermuth, who we saw in the preseason, this guy looks like he can catch the ball better than Ebron if, you know, they're able to throw that ball, throw him out there in the red zone. So I just think Ben's got a ton of weapons around him. He's a year removed from that surgery. And if all goes well, I can see Ben Roethlisberger 100% finishing in the top 10. Yep. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add to that. We've talked about all those guys. Um, my did first, you have any additional quarterbacks? I did have one additional quarterback. It was – actually, I had two quarterbacks. I had Trey uh, – well, you had Trey Lance and Justin Fields and all that. But I added yeah. Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, Zach Wilson. So, honestly uh, – Okay, so we're just going all rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm going all the rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> I think they all have potential to, I agree. to, to blow up. I agree. Go ahead. You can. You yeah, can yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've taken up enough time over the last five minutes. <laughs> so you know, I just feel like you know Trevor Lawrence. A lot of people, I think, because of what they've seen in the preseason, people are getting kind of cold feet on Trevor Lawrence because he hasn't had that huge blow up. You know, 150 yards, like you know Trey Lance and and in a touchdown or two in in a game. You know, I mean, he's kind of just been. Dinking and dunking, but I think that's by design. I don't think they're trying to show their offense. I think they're just kind of, you know, trying to get him snaps and get the team snaps together. But, you know, none of these teams are really showing their offense. Like the, the touchdown pass from Trey Lance, the 80-yard touchdown pass, that wasn't like anything crazy. You know I mean, he basically was running a streak against the second yeah. team defense and just threw it up. You know what I mean? Like he avoided the pass rush. I would say, yeah, he had a pass rush coming to him. He yeah. dipped left and just saw a man down the field and he aired it out. Like, it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> nope. So, you know, I, I, you're going to get those big plays from Trevor Lawrence. They just haven't happened yet. You know what I mean? So I can see Trevor Lawrence having a really big season. Uh, and Zach Wilson is a surprise to me. Like cassette, like Kev said, you know what I mean? He definitely looks poised in the pocket. You know, and let's be honest, this Jets team is just losing defenders left and right. Like they, they have two defenders, basically, uh, what is it? Uh, Vinny Curry is one. Yeah, Vinny Curry got hurt. I know that. There was No, he had, he had a blood disorder. He's out for the season because they found a blood disorder. Really? Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Oh, I think their middle linebacker got hurt. Yeah, their middle linebackers somewhere dumb. else. Yep, and then somebody so. else had. I'm trying to think who it was. One of their another one of their defensive linemen, I think, is is out for two months. Uh, so it has been not good news for this Jets defense. So let's be honest. That was like, already bad to begin with. <laughs> I ain't lying. So if this Jets defense is bad once again, you know Wilson's gonna have to throw the ball a lot. So. If he play, if he stays poised the way he's looked, that offensive line has been doing a really good job protecting him. If he stays poised the way he's been looking, and that offensive line gives him time, he does have weapons on this team. As much as people don't want to admit it, people want to look at this team and say how ass they are, and how, because of last year, like you have no idea how good this Jets offense is going to be this year. We all know that the Jets de- defense is probably not going to be good because they didn't really do much to upgrade it, and they've already lost three starters. But in that same breath, like this offense is basically completely different. This is a completely different offense. You got a new running back, new quarterback, you know, new wide receivers in there, a, a healthy Denzel Mims now, uh, you know, 
there's to me there's weapons all over the place on this offense. I mean, new tight end, like all upgraded offensive line, like the strength of this of this Jets team is probably going to be their offense. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. So if they're run, if they're losing guys left and right on the defense, the offense is not going to have a choice but to throw the ball a lot probably. And if Zach Wilson can stay healthy and stay poised the way he's been because the offensive line has given him some time, I wouldn't be surprised if this team gets up to, you know, 22 to 23 points per game. Like, I wouldn't be surprising to me. And if that happens, then Zach Wilson is going to be a lot better than people are giving him credit for. They're just writing him off before the season even started. And, you know, I don't think you can do that because, let's be honest, there's going to be at least one or two quarterback injuries like there is every single season. And... You know, these are the guys on, that are going to be all available on the waiver wire, and you're going to have to really watch how they play in the beginning of the season because I'll tell you what, it would not surprise me if Zach Wilson throws 550 passes this year. And if that happens, hey, he might be good, better, a lot better than people think because he can run. Like, he, it's not like he's not mobile at all. If we watched anything in college, the Duke has has wheels. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's not afraid to take off and, you know, get five, six, seven, eight yards. You know I mean, even one run in for a touchdown, like – so I, I like all these rookie quarterbacks. I think they all have a possibility of being, you know, contributors year one. So we're just going to have to wait, wait and see how that, how that all works out. Yep, I 100% agree with you on Wilson. The thing that scares me a little bit about Lawrence, I think the reason why there wasn't more in the preseason is because this dude was constantly under duress. If they can't fix that lineup, I don't know how Lawrence makes it through the season because this dude's got pressure in his face every single time he drops back. That scares me about drafting uh, Lawrence. But 100% with Zach Wilson, man. Like, yo, I was very surprised in that the last preseason game. Like, he he looks so under control, man. It's ridiculous. And I, I just – he's literally, like, for a rookie, I've never really – you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I never really, but it's very, very rare that you see a rookie just look that calm in the pocket. I was very surprised. Um, and he does have a ton of weapons around him. I was actually just saying this to Steve earlier when we were talking, like, you know, there's a guy in our league that drafted Carolina, Carolina's defense because strictly as a streamer because they play the Jets in week one. And I was saying, like, Carolina's defense ain't very good, and I really like what I saw from the Jets. So that's not necessarily, I may not necessarily be the best stream because, like, Jets might put up some points in that game. Like, especially if 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 Wilson looks as good as what he's been playing. So I completely agree with you on Wilson. I definitely think Lawrence can blow up. It's all about them being able to protect them because you can't just uh, you can't you, they can't go in. They can't have this dude getting pressured the way he has in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so I'm going to throw two running backs out there that kind of are intermixed with each other. So I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson and Sony Michelle. Um, Sony right now is going the 11th route. I think Sony is probably going to go higher in some drafts uh, now, especially over the next week as they go because people are just thinking that he's going to run in there and take Daryl Henderson's job. I do think Sony's going to get a ton of work. He's probably going to – if you remember, before Cam Akers was alive last season, like this was basically Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. That's pretty much what I expect Sony Michelle to be. I expect Sony Michelle to be Malcolm Brown from last year. He's not going to get a lot of work in a passing game. That's probably going to be what Henderson does. But 
goal line is going to be Sony Michelle's job. I think you're going to see a lot of of him, you know, running the football up and down the field. I think they're going to use Henderson here and there in the running game and probably mostly in the pass game. And I think that's kind of how it's going to be. It's going to be a committee. So, you know, for me, Sony Michelle uh, is definitely if he, you know, he's there right now. Like I said, drafted in the eleventh round. You know, I, I could see him being drafted a little higher than that in your drafts. Where would you take Sony at this point? <sighs> so Sony was one of my guys too. So I, I'll get into it okay. a little bit further. But I would probably reach for Sony at all around, right. So right, right around let's, where let's, we're kind of where we're Xavier Jones was going. I mean, he was going in like the twelfth, end of the twelfth. Xavier the Jones. 13th. Well, he's right where Xavier Jones is going in the eleventh. Right oh, now, in, wow, he moves up to the according 11th. to. Yeah, so let me let's all right. So let me ask you said you would take him where where Jones was going because I think he's taking over for Jones. So would you rather have Sony Michelle or Jamal Williams? Mm, that's close. Uh, I probably have Williams just because of uh, Swift, Swift just injury. yeah, Swift's injury. Uh, Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Uh, give me Sony. Gus Edwards. Give me Gus. Okay, David Johnson. Mm, oof, that's close too. Uh, give me so. Yeah, give me Sony. Tony Pollard. <sighs> See, Tony Pollard's hard because if Tony Pollard, if Zeke goes down. Or Zeke looks like Zeke from last year. Tony Pollard could be really, really good. I agree. Um, I pro. I'm, I'm more of an. But upside. you're drafting Tony Tony Pollard off of that, whereas Sony, you're actually drafting to you know he's provide get some with touches. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a home run hitting kind of guy, so I probably go Pollard. I probably go Pollard, but the the smart money would be on Sony. All right, Philip Lindsay. Mm. No, I'd, I'd probably rather have Lindsey. Lindsey, okay. All those guys are ninth round guys. Yeah. So like, we're ba- you know that. How about James Conner? Mm, no, I'd rather have Conner. I think he has a very defined role in his offense. Okay. So like, you're basically talking about end of the eighth and in the ninth round. That's where I think he deserves to go. Like right around Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, Kenyon Drake, right in that that little frat that little faction. Um, so if you can get him later than that, you know, that's, that's a, that's, you know, a great steal. And like the running back that I had intermixing with him obviously is Ramondre Stevenson, because now with Sony gone, Ramondre Stevenson kind of has a defined role as the backup to Damian Harris. Mm -hmm. We know how this Patriots running back system has gone. I don't know if they've had a... I don't want to say versatile, but I don't want to. I don't think they've had a running back as good as Damian Harris. Maybe since Corey Dillon. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you go back like you. You know, you can go through Sony. You can go through the Garrett Blunt. Um, you know, who was it prior to that? Uh, Lawrence Lawrence Maroney. Lawrence Mar- he was there. another good one, um, but Corey Dillon. You know, Cor- that's who actually. Yeah, that's that's. Did I say Corey Dillon? 
I Is that don't. who I said to, to start? I, I thought that's who I. Yeah, I think that's who I Corey said. Dillon. Yeah, I was saying I don't think they've had a running back as good as Damian Harris since Corey Dillon. Um, that being said, Corey, if Corey Dillon goes, or if yeah, uh, if Damian Harris goes down, I don't like Ramondre Stevenson and JJ Taylor probably work together. But man, I think like I think Taylor was. Taylor did his work against the Eagles' fourth string. Like, J.J. Taylor's been in the league now for about three or four years. He's never been given an opportunity. So, Ramondre Stevenson's a rookie. He's Mm -hmm. he was drafted. You know what I mean? Like, I think Ramondre Stevenson, if he gets on the field with Damian Harris, is probably going to get a good amount of work if they decide they want to work as a committee. And if Damian Harris goes down, which he, let's not let's not act like Damian Harris hasn't been injured the last two years. Like he's not like the pillar of health. So Damian Harris goes down. Ramondre Stevenson can te- step in there and you know probably you know do major work. Uh, yeah, that's you know, why, that's why you're getting lost him as a job in Bama. That's yeah, why, that's why he lost his job at Bama because he got hurt. Stay healthy. Yep. yep. And and Jacobs came in and fucking Beast. was awesome. And they were just like, all right, we're just going to continue to roll with Jacobs and Jacobs. You know, they rode Jacobs to a national championship. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so for me, I have Sony as my next guy. And I'll kind of give you the numbers of why I think Sony can actually be really good. So, it wouldn't actually surprise me if he became the lead back. And I know a lot of people are talking about him getting just eight carries a game, but that's not—he's getting more than eight carries a game. Yeah. So this this is this is kind of what I how I want to break it down to you. So last year, Sony, we all know he was hurt. He was having issues with the knee, you know, at the beginning of the season, and you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, he ends up missing eight games. He had seventy-nine attempts for four hundred and forty-nine yards. That's five point seven yards per carry. He also added another seven receptions for 114 yards, which is awesome. That's a lot of yards on only seven catches. Um, And those numbers made him, on a points-per-game basis, basically was 9.4 points per game for those eight games, which is RB34, right? But these are the numbers that I, like... I started looking it up and I saw that he had a 5.7 yards per carry. So I was like, damn, that's really high. I, and with 79 touches, that's enough touches for me to be like, okay, there's something there, right? Sony last year was the number two running back in yards per carry, right? Mm-hmm. At seven, 5.7. He was the number one running back last year on yards per touch. He was 6'4". 6.5 yards per touch. The number one back in football. Breakaway runs. He had six breakaway runs. That ranked 23rd in the league. Breakaway run rate was 7.6, which was number two in the league. In only 78 catches, he had 22 evaded tackles. That's 44th in the league. His juke rate was 25.6, which was 15th in the league. So, he didn't get a lot of work, but when he did, he was very, very productive. Like, Henderson's numbers, when you look at that, were nowhere near that. Like, and I get it. Like, Henderson knows the playbook. Henderson's the guy that's been there for a long time. Henderson is the guy that most people want to draft. 
in the third round because I was telling you guys the other day that he's going in the third round, which to me I just think is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just think that's crazy, and that's before. You know, that's before the Sony Michelle signing. I was telling you guys that that's crazy. Um, You know, I look at it like this. Uh, if you – if you are like a super deep believer in Daryl Henderson, right? And you think like Daryl Henderson is going to be the man. This is the numbers that I'll tell you. So the same numbers <laughs> that I just went over with Sony Michelle, right? Two yards per carry, true yards per carry. This is all on player profile. This is all stuff that you guys can look up yourselves. Um, so he was 4.5 yards a carry. So he was 1.2 yards per carry worse. That's 29th in the league. Yards per touch, he was 5.1. That's 24th in the league. Breakaway runs, he only had six. The same as Sony with a lot more touches. He had, let me see here. He had, he had 16 receptions and 138 carries. So my man had basically... 50 plus more carries and not 60 carries. He had 60 carries and basically what's that? Seven, 16. So he had nine more receptions and he basically had the same breakaway run rate. Um, you know, evaded tackles. He was 25 for, you know, 25 evaded tackles. His juke rate was 16.2. Like these are all just things that, I look at and I think to myself, who had the better offensive line last year, the Rams or the, or the Patriots? I would argue that it was the Rams because mm-hmm. the Rams' offensive line was the top five offensive line last year, right? So you can't give that excuse that it was the offensive line. Um, so just looking at it, I just, I just don't see how Sony Michelle is not the better running back, like other than the knee injury, but this it's not like Henderson is the, the pillar of health. So – you know, Sony in the ninth round, you know, after listening to the guys that are in the ninth round, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I might even go in the eighth round. You know what I mean? Just looking at the numbers. Um, I like Sony Michelle. So I always have liked Sony Michelle. I liked him coming out of college. So, you know, it would be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Yep. All right. So my next guy is a surprise to me when I actually looked at the. I didn't even know he had dropped this far. Will Fuller is going in the 11th round. Like, according to Fantasy Football Calculator ADP. Well, that's because of the injury. He hasn't been practicing. Will Fuller's draft spot is 11.08. Yeah, that's the injury. He hasn't been practicing. That's why. I would, like... Dude, this dude has top 15 wide receiver upside. We saw it. He's he's done it when healthy. And I talked about this, I think, where, where it was a podcast I did by myself, I think, two weeks ago. I think I was on solo that night. And I talked about Will Fuller. And I was saying, yes, I understand. He has soft tissue injuries. He is, you know, every year he's hurt. He's already suspended for this year uh, for the first game. He misses only one game. But the dude, if he stays healthy, has top 15 wide receiver upside. Where was he last year when when he was playing with Watson healthy? Wasn't he like a top 13 or 14 guy last year? And I know he has Tua, but I think Tua is going to be chucking this year. They don't really have like a run game 
in Miami. Malcolm Brown is not a good running back. Um, Gaskin is good, but I think he's going to be better in the receiving area. Like he's going to get some carries, but it's going to be this offense is going to be a lot like what you see from. I think what you see from the Saints, what you see from the Chargers, these offenses are going to start to take over where you have a passing down back as the primary back, and then you have a thumper as kind of like, eh, we'll just throw him in there when we need two or three yards. But I think you're going to start to see offenses open up to what Alvin Kamara is doing with the Saints, what Eckler's doing with the Chargers. We already talked about DeAndre Swift. He could have a similar role that way. Um, I think you're going to start to see that more and more because, you know, teams are seeing how good Kamara is with the Saints. He may not – he's not the greatest running back. Alvin Kamara is not the greatest running back, but he just is so good out of the backfield catching the football, you know, and, you know, he provides you with enough in the run game where you can have him on the field for, you know, 70% of your snaps. Um, but going back to Will Fuller, I just think that, you know, two is going to be chucking. I think that – if this dude stays healthy, and I know it's a huge if, but like I told you guys, I don't mind taking the shot on him because guess what? If I grab him the year that he does stay healthy, he's going to finish as a top 15 wide receiver. And when you do that, you're going to be you're going to be so happy that you drafted him because he's just going to pay off big dividends and you're getting him in the 11th round now. Like that's just a no brainer to me, period. Yep. So if you look at a points per game basis, uh, Will Fuller was the number eight wide receiver in fantasy football. That's just ridiculous, dude. (laughs) Ridiculous. And you're getting him in the 11th round. I know he's hurt all the time. He misses games with hamstrings and groins and all kinds of soft tissue shit. This guy reminds me of like he's Deshaun Jackson. He's, you know, all those those players that just constantly seem like they're you know getting hurt with these soft tissue injuries. He only really missed the whole season once with the ACL. Yep. He'll always give you a good ten games or so, but and he didn't get hurt last year. He was suspended. He suspended. Yeah, yeah, he, he played suspended. most of the season last year. Yep. So if you look at his numbers, right, he was seventeen point two fantasy points per game. The only guys better was so I'll read it back from seven to one. So Keenan Allen seventeen point five points per game. A.J. Brown, 17.7 points per game. DeAndre Hopkins, 18.0 points per game. Calvin Ridley, 18.8 points per game. Stephon Diggs, 20.5 points fantasy points per game. Tyreek Hill, 21.9 fantasy points per game. And Devontae Adams, 25.6 points per game. Uh, the guys behind them, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, Adam Thielen, uh, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk, Robert Woods, Harry McLaurin, all those guys behind him. So, and guess what? Every one of those guys you named is going in the one through four rounds. Yeah, yep, yep. You're getting Will Fuller in the 11th. Yep. Only one that's not is Brandon Cooks and Ayuk. Oh, yeah. Ayuk is going, Cooks is going in like the whatever. I think the seventh. Ayuk is like the fifth. Yeah. Cooks is like, yeah, but Cooks. Cooks don't have a quarterback right now. I mean, Deshaun Watson, apparently they're, I've seen the day that they might uh, label Deshaun Watson as like um, uh, a, a non-injury like designation, designation, like non-injury, like what is it? Non-injury sit, Not city. Injury. Yeah. Something, something like I did see it come through on sleeper, but uh, let me go back to it. Let me see what it is, but go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, like Kev said, you know, I, I, you know, 
I have nothing bad to say about about that dude. And if, if you, you know, if you are willing to take the shot on Will Fuller, it could pay off big dividends for you. And I know he's hurt right now and all that nonsense, but you know, could pay off big. Practice today for the first time. Will yeah. th- Will Watson to be a healthy scratch during the season with a question mark. There you go. All right, so my sleeper is my next sleeper is Brian Edwards. I have been taking Brian Edwards basically in every draft I can get him. Um and there's really two reasons why. So, I think what the Raiders were lacking last year, you know, was a dominant big receiver. They had Darren Waller, but Darren Waller plays tight end. He normally, you know, he's lined up in the slot a lot of the times. Like they haven't had a guy, a big outside guy that can pull some coverage away from Waller, you know, pull some coverage away from the speedy guys, you know, to let them get upfield. Uh, and I think Brian Edwards is just a really, like I said this last year when we talked about him, I, I think he's just a really good route runner, you know, a really big physical wide receiver that, you know, I thought he was going to do big things last year. You know what I mean? I, I really liked this kid last year. Um, and he just, he just, you know, let's be honest, he just didn't produce. He just didn't, you know, I don't know if it was because of the injury or because of, you know, whatever the reasoning behind it was that he wasn't getting a whole lot of targets. But, you know, he just didn't get the targets last year. And from what we're hearing from camp, he's been he awesome. awesome. Yeah, he looks awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of people comparing, and I don't like to make this comparison because I am a huge Terrell Owens fan, but there is a lot of people that are talking him up saying, this dude looks like T.O. And I don't know about you, but if I get a guy that people are telling me he looks like T.O., and it's not just one person, I've heard it from numerous people, that this dude looks like a you know a young Terrell Owens, you know a guy that obviously needs to refine his craft, but if he does, he could be that kind of guy. And I don't know about you, but if I keep hearing that, that's a guy I get excited about, especially because you can get him in the last round of your draft. Like, you can basically get him as the very last pick in your draft. You know, I'm not a person that takes, you know, kicker defense before round 15 and 16 in my draft, so I'm doing a 16-round draft. It's always my last two rounds I kick kicker and defense. So second to last is round 14, and that's where I take him every time. I get him every time. I got him in last night's draft in the 14th round. You can ask Kev. Mm-hmm. Um, I just take him everywhere because I believe in the kid's talent. And I believe that if he does get a shot as, you know, a true number one wide receiver, which this Raiders team is in desperate need of, um, you know, he could end up being really, really good and you're paying nothing for him. My caveat to this is if you do take Brian Edwards, do not drop him in the first two weeks if he doesn't do anything. You got to give him a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Give him three, four weeks. After week four, you have my permission to get rid of him if he's not doing anything. But you got to let the kid flash first for, you know, baby steps. It's baby steps, guys. We can't we can't expect, you know, that's, that's what got you dropping Justin Jefferson in the second week of, of you know, the, the league year last year. And then week three, he blows up, and he's basically one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football last year. So just relax. Just calm down. Let things develop. See if he's being utilized in the game plan. You know what I mean? After three weeks, if he's not even in the game plan at all, then okay, just, you know what I mean? It's time to go. But give him at least four weeks if he's just being slowly worked in as the top guy because by the end of the season, he could be their best receiver other than Waller. You know what I mean, I'm not saying he's going to beat out Waller, but 
You know, if he's a, a, a wide receiver three that you got in the 15th round, you can be real happy about that. Um, so my next guy is Amon Rossain Brown. Um, the reason why is because this dude primarily has been lining up in the slot. Um, when you look at what Jared Goff has got done through his career, He's worked so well to the guy working work, the guys that work over the middle of the field from the slot area. He worried done it with Cooper Cup. Whenever Robert Woods has been in the slot, he is, you know, his slot numbers are always very good because, you know, they both do a great job of working the middle of the field. And, you know, I think you brought that up on the podcast when you were talking about Cooper Cup. I can see Amon Ross St. Brown doing a lot of similar things to what those guys do. Um as well as, you know, having Hawkinson in there to take attention away over the middle of the field when he's out there. I think everybody expects TJ Hawkinson to be that, um, you know, that the probably the number one target for this team, maybe number two target. I think you would expect um, um, TJ Hawkinson to get that many targets from, from you know, in this offense. But I can see Amon Ross St. Brown you know, potentially doing, you know, similar, similar target numbers because he's working in the same spot of the field. And to me, I haven't really seen slot cornerbacks that have been able to stop him in the preseason. Like literally he's been getting open, getting down the field. I mean, I'm sure they're playing against backups and, you know, second teamers and all that. But I think this guy is going to get enough targets to put up numbers there where you're picking him in the 13th round that, you know, if it doesn't kill you, you, it's a 13th round pick. You can definitely hit the waiver wire, but I think it's worth it to see what this guy does because there ain't nobody on this team. This team is not going to be winning many games. They're going out to throw the ball a shit ton. And, you know, I want the guy to me who has, who, you know, I know Tyrell Williams is not another guy in this area. People are drafting. Brashad Perriman isn't really being drafted, but he's, in, he's on the outside. Both of those guys are on the outside. They kind of have been in the league for years and we know what they are. I want to take a shot on Amon Rice Brown in the 13th because I think that, you know, he's the new guy and he could, you know, I've seen him play in preseason. He looks very good. And, you know, I want that kind of upside if I'm drafting somebody in the 13th round. I don't want to draft a guy that I kind of know who they are already, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. If you, you know, if you are going to take an A.J. Green in the 13th round, you know, I feel like that's, I feel like that's just a waste of a pick. Even if A.J. Green is really good this year, which I highly doubt, but let's say he's really good this year. You know, his upside, a really good A.J. Green year would be like 50, 60 catches and, what, 700 yards and maybe five or six touchdowns, especially because DeAndre Hopkins on that team who's going to get 170 targets. Like, they picked up Ramon, you know, I said Ramondre. They picked up, uh, what's the kid? Rondell Moore. They -hmm. picked up Rondell Moore, and Rondell Moore is – you know, obviously a guy they want to get some targets to. Chase Edmonds cats the ball out of the backfield. You also have Christian Kirk is going to be on the field. Like, I feel like you're not going – AJ. if AJ sees 100 targets, I would be really surprised. I would be really surprised if he saw 100 targets. So, and maybe he gets there. But, you know, I would much rather have, like I said, a Brian Edwards, a guy who, if he blows up, could be – 
a blow up and win me my league. Like AJ Green uh, is not going to win you your league. So I completely agree with Kev. Um, the next guy that I want to talk about, I was going to get into. I was going to get into the wide receiver first, but I actually want to go get into the tight end that I have as my sleeper because we don't, you know, we don't really talk about sleeper tight ends all that much. Uh, and I've talked a lot about Gerald Everett in the past. You guys know that I love Gerald Everett and I think he's a sleeper guy, but is actually another sleeper guy that actually had a pretty good start to his season and then got hurt last year. Uh, and it's CJ Uzama. So CJ Uzama for me last year, if you watched the Bengals last year, Joe Burrow was targeting CJ Uzama like a lot in the beginning of the season. He scores that touchdown, uh, and I want to say it was like the very next play he gets hurt and he's out for the season. But he caught 11 of 8 targets last year for 87 yards and a touchdown. So, so, you know, and I believe he only played two games. I believe he got hurt week two. Uh, And he basically missed the rest of the season. Um, But... I think Joe Burrow liked his size and ability near the red zone and nobody is drafting this guy. Like he is nope. not being drafted in any lease. He has, he doesn't have a, a, an ADP, you know, he's a guy that people just completely are off of. And I feel like if he, if you take, you know, somebody like an Irv Smith as your, for, as your number one tight end, because you waited too long and you're just like, you know, what, I'm gonna take Irv and hopefully he has a good season. I feel like CJ Uzama is a guy that, you can throw a dart at, you know what I mean? Or just wait. You know what I mean? I, I would, I don't like drafting two tight ends, but in that situation, if I have Irv Smith as my number one and he's not doing anything, I feel like who CJ Uzama is another guy that I could throw a dart at and keep him on my bench for, you know, two, three weeks and see what he does. And if he is getting targets and red zone targets and scoring touchdowns, then if Irv Smith shits the bed and he's not all that great, then I do have a guy that can score me a touchdown every other week. And that's kind of what you're looking for, for, you know, the tight end position. So I, I feel like CJ is a guy that could get you some kind of points, uh, especially with what we saw with Burrow last year. And, you know, he interests me a little bit. Yep. So I'm going to go with my tight end. And my tight end, honestly, is a little different. Like, I don't want to say a little different, but it's definitely like, you know, not a guy you're used to seeing down there, but it's Zach Ertz. Um, Zach Ertz is drafting in like the 14th round. So to me, there's two options that happen with Ertz. Number one, he stays in Philly. He works with Dallas Goddard. They both eat away at each other, much like what you're going to see in New England with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. But I think there, I mean, outside of Devontae Smith, who we all expect to be very good. There ain't too many places to throw the ball in this team. You know, Jalen Rager has been getting a lot of buzz for his one-on-one, you know, one-on-one drills, but hasn't been able to translate that onto the field. Quez Watkins seems like he's working as the slot guy, but he's more of a downfield guy and a screen guy. Like, he's not going to be a guy that you're just – you know, sending on a five-yard out pattern. That's not what Quez Watkins is going to do. So their way of moving the ball is going to be a lot of of middle-of-the-field passes to Goddard and Ertz. And I think both of these guys could finish as top 10 tight ends. 
and you're not playing, you know, spending any kind of draft capital on Zach Ertz. You know, he's the fourth, he's the first pick in the 14th round. And we just saw the guy catch like, I think three passes out of four on, on their first drive, um, their, their first game with Hertz. And, um, on top of that, I know we had a bad drop, but you could have caught, literally caught four balls on their first two drives. Like, this is kind of what Zach Ertz has always been known for. He's not like the big play threat or, you know, any kind of running ability after the catch, but the guy's going to catch, you know, what, maybe maybe he catches 60 balls, even if he stays in Philly. And then the second option is he gets traded to another offense that doesn't have a tight end where he's a starter, maybe Buffalo, maybe Jacksonville. And he goes to those spots and catches 60 to 70 balls and, you know, winds up being a good safety blanket for whatever quarterback he goes to. So to me, I don't think there's any wrong in drafting Zach Ertz. I think that either way he can finish as a top 10 uh, tight end, and he's a guy you're getting in the 14th round. Yep, I agree. So my last sleeper that I want to talk about, um, I have not been taking him a lot just because I've been taking Brian Edwards so much, but this is a guy that – like, Brian Edwards, I think, has boom potential. Like, he could be a guy that, you know, wins your league for you if he really goes off the way I think he could. But K.J. Hamler is a guy that I think is a whole lot safer. K.J. Hamler is my next guy. I I love K.J. Hamler. I love K.J. Hamler. Like, the dude is fat. For one, he's fast as shit. Like, 4-3-2-40. Like, that's lightning, boy. That's fast. Uh, he plays in the slot. He catches the ball. Well, we saw in the preseason game the other day, he was fucking awesome. Two touchdowns, you know, over a hundred yards receiving. Like he looked awesome. And I know it was against the second team defense and all that. But when you have the two guys that this team has, you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the outside. Like when is this guy ever going to see like crazy coverage? He's just not. You know what I mean? Like when they when they play the Chargers, you know what I mean? And he's facing Christopher Chris Harris. Harris yeah, when he's facing slot. Chris Harris in the slot, then maybe you don't want to play him. And even then, like he's so fast that I don't think Chris Harris can keep up with him. Like this dude is lightning. So I think he has a much bigger role. Like Tim Patrick played a really big role last year because of the injury to Cortland Sutton. You know what I mean? If Cortland Sutton don't go down, we don't hear about Tim Tim Patrick at all. At all. So KJ Hamler, I think I think they love this kid's speed. I think they love his dynamic, you know, his dynamic playmaking ability, and he's definitely a guy that I'm keeping on my radar. I have him, you know, in a couple of leagues, you know, brought up with a little star next to his name, you know, so you can check him out if he if he blows up. That way, I don't have to search for him. I can just put my fab bid on him. But I think he could be utilized, especially with Teddy. Like, if there's one thing we know about Teddy, he is not afraid to dink and dunk. And who better to dink and dunk to than the 5'11", 180-pound, fastest shit, you know, slot receiver on your team? You know what I mean? I just feel like KJ could have a very good season, very solid season, you know, 60, 70 catches. You know, I could see six, seven, eight hundred yards for him. And if it gets you five or six touchdowns in the 14th round, you're going to be super happy that you took this dude that's not even being drafted. So, to me, K.J. Hamler is a guy that I, I, you know, coming out of college, you know, Penn State. So, you know, he's a Penn State kid. So, we all, you know, anybody from the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area knows, Kenny, you know, K.J. Hamler. He's just, mm-hmm. 
you know, he's on, he was on TV a lot here. So, you know, I just feel like this kid has the dynamic playmaking ability to really help your team, especially if you need some wide receiver depth uh, later on in the draft. And he's really not being drafted. Dude, can you, like, listen or hear us talk? We, you would think the Broncos have the best offense in the NFL. <laughs> to us talk. Like, God damn, we, we, like, we're high on Judy. Yeah, You're high on Sutton. We love them. Yep. You know what I mean? They got a good running game. Like, God damn, if, this, if Aaron Rodgers go to the Denver Broncos, whew, yeah, you I'm talk about a high-flying offense. I'm going to have a lot of pieces at offense. I really am. And that's the thing, like, like the other thing about KJ, like, I didn't want to get into the numbers and get all crazy, but he only played 12 games last oh, year, yeah. and he had 56 targets last year mm-hmm. on, on, with with a bum-ass quarterback. He caught 30 of them. I mean, like, he averaged 12.7 yards per, per catch out of the slot. Like, I don't know if you realize, a slot guy who gets you 12.7 yards per catch? That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he scored three touchdowns last year, so – you know, I, I just think the sky's the limit for this guy, and nobody's talking about him. Like, I haven't heard any no. podcast talking about uh, about KJ Hamler. So, no. you know, I, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. So there you have it with sleepers. Um, you know, bunch of guys that you can get in the double digit rounds that could possibly lead to your team. You know, you know, possibly lead to you know playing big roles on your team. You know, breakaway players. Breakout players are usually the guys that win you your leagues. You know, you expect the first, second, third round guys to perform, you know, but those breakout guys in the fourth through seventh round, those are huge and a good sleeper here and there, especially a quarterback, but a good sleeper here and there, man, they could literally take your team to a whole nother level. So, you know, pay attention to some of these guys. Well, remember, check out the YouTube channel, cheat code, sports, fantasy football, um, We'll be back with another podcast tomorrow. And until then, peace out, guys. Peace, family.